good to be here again and thank you all for for having me um you know i'm so excited about what god is doing in new community new community church is a great place to be planted and to see god do great things through you uh brilliant i do know that you've been in this series called waiting and um, i know recently you heard a message called waiting on god uh, and then god god waiting for you uh god waiting on you um so it speaks to the fact that we serve a god who is available a god who is waiting uh, you know, as I think about this, I remember when I first asked my wife, Debbie, out on a date. Uh, well, before, I, before at that time, she was not my wife. So the first invitation I gave to her uh, to go on a date, she said a big no to. Can you imagine? She said no to a tall, dark, and handsome man, man like Paul. But for some reason, she did that. And um, I just told her that I'm not going to give up. So I persisted. Um, I continued to offer the invitation. And I was basically saying to her that I am going to be waiting for you. I'm going to be available for you. And I'm so thankful that I serve a God who is always available, a God who is waiting, a God who never sleeps nor slumbers. And um, eventually, David said yes to my, um, my request for a date. And um, today, six months, sorry, six years and uh, three months after, we are, we, are, we, are, we are married and blessed with uh, children. Um, today, I want to speak to you on a topic called Available God, Unavailable Response. Available God unavailable response. God, would you speak through me and just take absolute control. Let the hearts of the people listening be open and let there be a difference. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to read from uh, the book of First Kings, um, Second Kings, sorry, Second Kings chapter 4. It's an Old Testament book and uh, we're, going to, we're going to read together today. If you have your Bible, please open to it. Uh, blessed are those who have their Bibles, for they shall make it to heaven. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but really, if you don't have your Bibles, uh, it's going to come up on the screen. Second Kings 4, 1 to 6. I'm going to read from New Living Translation. One day, the widow of the member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked, tell me, what do you have in the house? I think that's a question that God is asking at this time. God is asking somebody at this time, what do you have left? What, what do you have left? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. Verse 3, and Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. And it speaks to the fact that God is looking for empty vessels. God is looking for empty vessels, available vessels. Verse 4, then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was, she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and the olive oil stopped flowing. The olive oil stopped flowing. You see, all through the scriptures, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And when you look through the book of Acts, you will see that um, Jesus says that he's going to pour out his spirit upon us. He's going he's to fill us up with his spirit. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, the power of God will come upon us. It speaks to the fact that God is looking for available vessels that he can pour into, vessels unto honor, vessels who will go out there 
and, and make a difference. You know, these days, there are so many kinds of insurance that you can take up. You can take up life insurance. You can take up health insurance. Um, you can take up home insurance. If you have a mortgage, very much likely you, you do have a mortgage. Um, but in our text, we, we, see the son, we, we see this son of the prophet that, that the Bible was talking about. He, he didn't take up any life insurance from Aviva, for instance. Um, and so when he died, he left an unpaid debt for his wife. And, and, and he had two sons as well. So um, when he died, the creditor came to ask for his money. And you see, uh, uh, according to Mosaic law, the creditor had a right, uh, which he was about to put to use, he had a right to take the children of the debtor. And he was just about to, to, to put this to use when this woman, when this, uh, the, when this widow came to Elisha, ran to Elisha and asked for help. Elisha was a kind of deliverer general, and it, she just ran to, to Elisha to ask for help. And even though the woman was in a lot of pain, she was in a lot of stress and with the death and all that, I'm glad that she had the courage to invite God's servant, in other words, to invite God into her situation. She had the courage to cry out. But I find that even though she had the courage to cry out, in a way she just thought that there was nothing that God could use, there was nothing that God could use and multiply to create a miracle. And I believe that this is how many of us feel today this is how many of us feel in a 2020 that has been filled with a lot of pain, a lot of challenges and all kinds of lockdowns and stuff. Uh, but when, 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 we, when the opportunity comes for us to step up our faith and take it to the next level, we are nowhere to be found just like this woman um, is experiencing right now. I, I, and I, I perfectly get it because I've been there and I'm still there sometimes. So what we're going to do today is we're going to explore this woman's response and see what God may be trying to tell us even at this time. Let's see the woman's response. The first thing she said is that I have nothing. I have nothing. And let's look at it in the text. Second Kings 4.2. He says, what can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Look at her response. Nothing at all. I have nothing. That's what she said. The woman said she has nothing. She has nothing that God could use, nothing that God could bless. Wherever you're watching, how many of you feel like you have nothing that God could use? Like, honestly, how many of you feel that, feel like there is nothing that God can, can, can multiply. Some of us feel that there's nothing that, that we can offer. How many of you have been telling God unconsciously or consciously that you have nothing, you have nothing at all? And I find in my interactions with people that the reason why many of us feel like we have nothing at all is because we are comparing ourselves with the world's standards. We are measuring ourselves by the world's standards. And many of us are so miserable because what we have doesn't look like success. In terms of what is out there, you know, many of us think that we have to be perfect. We have to be, we have to be complete in some way before, before we can do what God has called us to do. Not knowing that we've already been marked, we've already been called, we've already been chosen by God. I want to tell you today, do not measure yourself by the world's standards. Don't do it. Do not measure yourself by the world's standards. God's standards of excellence is, is different from ours. God's standards of qualification is different from ours. And sometimes even when we feel unqualified, that is the right time, that is the beautiful moment that God wants to press into to be able to make a testimony from us. And when you look at the Bible, you see in the world's high, somebody like John the Baptist would have been regarded as a failure because the guy's public ministry was just for about six months. And look at what the Bible says about John the Baptist in Luke 7, 28. It says, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. 
Can you imagine that? It tells me that you don't have to feel big to be significant. You, you don't have to be popular to be significant. Don't measure your life by the world's standards. Many men and women are doing this. Many young people are doing this in this day and age. An ordinary person like you is who God is likely to use. An ordinary person like you is who God is likely to use. Paul say, said it perfectly in the book of 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29. He said that, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who think they are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God chooses the weak. God chooses the ordinary people because he knows that it is through them that he can get the greatest glory, the unqualified, the ordinary. An ordinary girl like the Virgin Lady, Virgin Mary, that is where, that is where God is. That is where God looks so that he can get the greatest glory. In the book of Acts, we see the story of the disciples of Jesus. The Bible describes in Acts 4.13 that they were ordinary men. They were unschooled men. They were just ordinary. But when they released themselves to God, God was able to use them and make a difference in their world. God is not looking for superstars. God is looking for ordinary people, available people that he can partner with, that he can breathe on and see great things in our world. And in fact, what I've found is that sometimes it is the pride of men. Sometimes it is, it, is, it is our unavailability that limits the flow of God's grace upon our lives. So whether you are young, whether you are old, whether you are new to faith, whether you are holding faith, God is saying today, to you today, be humble, be available, and yield so that I can use you for great things. Don't count yourself out because you think you are ordinary. Don't count yourself out when God has counted you in. Don't count yourself out because you think you have nothing. God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You know, recently, personally, I started praying a prayer because I, I consider, I, I look at all the things that is happening in our world. And in 2020, you know, it's so much pressures out there. So much, so much ups and downs. And I started praying this prayer. I said, God, help me to see myself the way you see me. Help me to see myself the way you see me. I think that's a great prayer you can pray. That's a great prayer we can pray as a church. God, help us to see ourselves the way you see us. And if you feel empty, if you feel inadequate, if you feel weak, if you feel limited, if you feel like you have nothing, if you feel like, like you are ordinary, and many of you feel like that today, I want you to know that you are the best candidate in the hands of a ready God, in the hands of the available God. And God is waiting for you. So don't say, I have nothing. Say, I have something. I have something. And as this woman, as this widow continued to interact with Elisha, we could see that there was some progress in her reaction in the sense that she believed that she had something. She, she, there, was, there was some progress in her response that she began to see that she had something. And this is my prayer for us today as a church family that when people come in contact with us, just like this woman came in contact with, with Elisha, people will begin to see that there is something that God could do in their life, that they have something that God could use and even use, use them to lead other people into a relationship with Jesus. The woman moved from I have nothing to I have something. 
And even though I find that she was still despising that, that thing that she had, but at least that was progress because she was moving from a point where she was saying, I have nothing, to a point where she thought she had something that, that God could use. I'm praying for you today that you will see something in yourself today. You will see that you have the Holy Spirit within you, that you have the Holy Spirit within you and you have the Holy Spirit upon you. I'm hoping that you can see that you are the light of the world even at this time. And even if you are not a Christian, I'm praying for you today that you will see that Jesus is right there in front of you waiting for you. Let's see 2 Kings 4.2. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of oil. That is a something. At least you believe that she, she had something in the house except a flask of oil. Again, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is a game changer. The Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit upon. You have the Holy Spirit too. It is not just the church leaders that have Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit right there in your room, right there in your, in your, in your living room, in your kitchen. You have the Holy Spirit. You are anointed too. You can hear God too. And what the enemy wants to do is to, is to make you despise your oil so that you cannot put it to use, just like the woman did, so, so that you can think that you are not important. Don't be so quick to despise your oil. Don't be so quick to despise your gift. Don't be so quick to despise the community that you are even leading during the week just because it doesn't look like what you see on Instagram. Steward the little that you have, the, the small that you have. Steward it. Because what happens is that when we don't steward the gift and the calling upon our lives, it begins to rot. Just like what happened to the children of Israel with the manna. When you don't steward it, it begins, it begins to fall off. So move from saying, I have nothing to offer to, I have something that God can use. I have something that God can use. And if God has called you to it, it is surely giving you all you need to be able to fulfill it. So stop disqualifying yourself when God has already qualified you. Yeah, I, fi I find that the truth is that, see, the enemy sometimes, or even most times as followers of Christ, the, can, the enemy cannot destroy us. But what he tries to do is to distract us. And many people in 2020 are distracted. Many followers of Christ in 2020 are distracted. Yeah, but when we say, I have something, we know that we have something, then we can begin to release ourselves to God and partner with him. And when God breathes on that something that you have, whatever it is, when God breathes on the spirit of God upon you, you can, you can begin to see that you have more than enough. I have more than enough. Yeah. Say wherever you're watching, I have more than enough. And this is where everything changes for this woman. Yeah. This is where everything changes. Second Kings 4, 4 to 5. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Shut the door. Shut the door. I hear the Holy Spirit saying to somebody watching today, shut the door on, on distraction. Shut the door on division. Shut the door on doubt. Even shut the door on performance and rely on the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars setting each one aside when it is filled. Verse 5. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. That is a miracle. That is more than enough. The jars that she was pouring into kept, kept getting filled, and she was pouring, she kept pouring, she kept pouring, she kept pouring. It kept flowing, and she kept pouring. See, you will never discover more of God until you start putting all that is, put, is placed inside you to use. Yeah. It is only the available that gets all that is available in God. 
it is only the available that gets all that is available in God. Just in the process of, of serving um, the church community over the years, just in the process of partnering with, partnering with God, I've seen God do great things. I've seen God as the healer. I've seen God as a provider. I've seen God as the savior. I've seen God as the protector. I've seen God as the restorer. It is when we show up that God continues to show up. It continues to make a difference. It continues to restore. It continues to, to breathe on what we have. How can you pour from one jar and you just continue to pour and it just keeps flowing? That's a miracle. That is, that is more than enough. And I think maybe, maybe at this point, you, you, you even need to maybe ask yourself at this point, what, what are the miracles that God has done in my life? What are the things that God has blessed me with in this season? As challenging as 2020 has been, if we look deeper, we would see that God has been faithful. God has been good. And I believe that it is this goodness of God that should lead us to say, I am available. I am available. I am available. That when you've experienced the goodness of God, when you've experienced miracles, when you've experienced more than enough, no matter how small it looks to you, when you've experienced salvation, when you have the breath of God upon you, on your inside, make sure that you do not forget the Lord. Make sure that you release yourself for God's purposes. And make sure that you don't stop releasing yourself. Because when you, when you stop, something stops. Make sure that even as you go through this, this year, you know, this journey of faith, watching on the screen, joining communities during the, during the week, online, everything online these days, make sure that you do not neglect the Lord. Let's see what happened to this woman. 2 Kings 4, 6, New Living Translation. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. And look at her response. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. What? If I, if I was the one, I would have brought tanks. I would have brought all the containers I could find in the world just, just for the oil to continue to flow. Just for the oil to continue to flow. I would, have been, I would have been all over the place looking for available vessels just so that God would keep pouring. See, the oil stopped because there were no more available vessels. The oil stopped just because there were no more ready vessels. See, we serve a God who is always available. But the question is, are we available? We serve, we serve a God who is always ready to pour in us, pour through us. But the question is, are we available? God won't stop pouring into you as long as you are available. God won't stop using you as long as you are available. We serve a God who is available. But are we available? I think that's a question you should ask yourself today. God won't stop using the church. God won't stop using us to make a difference in our community, to shine the light of the gospel. But the question is, are we available? God won't stop pouring his Holy Spirit upon us so that we can go out there and make a difference. But the question is, are we available? We have an available God who is willing to keep pouring as long as we keep showing up. As long as we are available, we can be a miracle. We can be a wonder to our world. We can be a, a testimony. But when we stop, something stops. See, the availability of the containers is where the miracle started. But when, when, the, when, the, when the vessels were no longer available, when the, when the containers were no longer available, it stopped flowing. When the vessels are fully available, the miracles will continue. When the vessels are ready, the oil will flow. When the vessels are fully available, the oil will stop flowing. 
you know, a while back, I started sending my two-year-old son on herons, on little, little herons, and some of you are already thinking, are you, why are you doing that? Already, the boy is still young, just give him a break. But, well, I want, to st I want to start eating the fruit of my labor. So I started sending him on herons, and I would tell him, please, Isaiah, go get me this. Get me Neriah's nappy, that's uh, my second born. Get me, get me the nappy, let me quickly change her. Uh, and uh, sometimes it would go as fast as possible. It would run and get it joyfully. And sometimes I would reward him. And other times, this guy wouldn't just move. No matter how I persuade him, even when I have big rewards for him, he wouldn't just move. And even when the need is urgent, like maybe, maybe I'm alone in the house with them and uh, I need help, you know, maybe to change the, ch the baby and all that, he wouldn't just move. He would just, he would just stay static. And even when I have big rewards, he wouldn't just move. And I feel like this is how many of us are with God. That sometimes God is saying, go get me this. Go and do this. Go and speak to that person about, about me. But we wouldn't just move. And even when God has the rewards in his hands, and his promises, his promises are all over the scriptures. He's, he's even spoken to you through somebody. He's, he's spoken to you through a message on Sunday life. We wouldn't just move. We wouldn't just move for one reason or the other. But it is when we begin to move that God begins to make a move. That's when God begins to make a difference. That, that's when God begins to breathe on us and begins to use us as the light of the world. We serve a God who is waiting for us. We serve a God who is available. But the question is, are we available? Are we available? I feel like God is saying to somebody here today, uh, somebody joining this stream, God is saying to you, bring your vessel to me and give me an opportunity to, to, to breathe upon you. Bring your vessel to me and give me an opportunity to bless you. Don't deny me of an opportunity to give your life a meaning. Don't deny me of an opportunity to make you a wonder to your friends so that they can begin to ask you, what is the difference? What is happening right now in your life? And many times, some followers of Christ want God, they, we want God to continue to point to us. We want God to continue to remain faithful. We want God to continue to show up in our lives, but we stop bringing our vessels to him. This is the word that God has sent, uh, sent to you today as a, as a church community, that you shouldn't stop making yourselves available. When we stop bringing our faith, we stop bringing ourselves. We stop bringing our passion. And see, anyone who wants to see God move greatly has to trust him simply. You've got to just trust him simply. Like just, just obey. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Do it. In the kingdom of God, availability is the price of admission. It is, a, it is, it is the invitation that God gives to all of us. I think about it when I look at the, the disciples of Jesus, the guys that Jesus called to be on his team, tax collectors, adulterers, you know, um, fishermen, the people that he sat with, the people that he, he had food with, the people that he gave hope to, all these people were outsiders. But they were, they were able to receive all that God had for them because they were simply available. Not because they were perfect, but because they were simply available. And, and this is what Jesus did on the cross. Whether it's Old Testament, it's New Testament, everything points to Jesus. This is what he did on the cross. He could have said no, but he said yes and made himself available. He made himself, he made himself available. He died for your sin and died as my sin so that we can come in and partner with him and walk with him. And he can show to the world what he's able to do. Whether there's a pandemic or whether there's no pandemic, God wins always. 
He's out there willing to show the world a message through us. But he's saying, are you available? We serve a God who is available. But the question is, are you available? Yeah. I'm not sure where you're watching this from this morning. Um, maybe, maybe you're in a space where you're thinking, I have nothing that God could use. Or maybe you're, you're in a space where you're thinking, I have something, but that something is maybe not enough. Maybe you're in a space where you have abundance. You're saying, I have more than enough. More than enough. But God is inviting us all to say, I am available. Whether you're young, whether you're a Christian, whether you're whether you whether you whether you not a Christian, whoever you are, whatever the color of your skin, the invitation that God brings to you through this black man today is, are you available? Let's bow down our heads as we pray. Wherever you are, just make a space to receive God. Uh, make a space to just surrender to God. And sometimes I find that it's, it's brilliant when we just stretch forth our hands like our hands like this. So you may, want to, you may want to do that wherever you're watching from. And just say, make a commitment to God today and say, I'm available. Yeah. Whether it's been, whether it's been distractions, whether it's been not just being able to connect with people as you would normally do, you know, whatever, whatever it is that has been an entrance in this season, I want you to make a commitment to God today and say, I am still available for you. I'm available. I'm available in my school. I'm available in my workplace. I'm available in my community. I'm available to, sh to shine your light at this time. I just pray right now for a sense of worthiness. I pray against every stronghold of shame, every stronghold of of inabilities, yes. Every stronghold of worries, of anxieties, of fear. Anything and whatever it is that they want to stop us from releasing ourselves to you today, I say, God, help us to turn it around through the power of the Holy Spirit and release ourselves, Lord, to you. Help us to shine your light. I pray that you would help us to, to see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to be your hands and your feet in a world that you actively love. I just pray that in this season we will bear fruits. I pray over the church community here that in this season, even though it looks as if we are scattered at the moment, God will use us in our neighborhoods. He will use us than ever before, and we will see the opportunities at this time. And we would say, God, we are available for you. And maybe you're watching this, you are not a Christian, and you're wondering, what is all these things about availability that this guy is talking about? I want you to know that God has been waiting for you. He's been waiting for you before you were even born. Before you were born, he knew you, he formed you. In your mother's womb, he's been inviting you. And this is the story of the gospel. A story that, that just says, come. It's, it's, it's summed up in one word, come. Come, come unto me, all you that labor and are, heavy, and are heavy laden. And God says he will give you rest. So I just want to lead us all to pray today, whether you are new in faith or whether you want to give your life to Jesus or whether you are strong in faith, wherever you are, Lift up your hands and we're going to pray together today. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the word you've sent forth. We receive it. Come into our hearts today. Make us new. Make us fresh. Make us bold. Pour out your spirit upon us and let there be an out outflow of your power. We go forth into the world and we make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, new community.